0: Hey, you remember that first time I was teaching you how to write the grants and you kept saying, okay, where do I find the uh, 501c3 nonprofit verification from the IRS?
1: Yes, I remember that. How easy was it to <laughs> and find that? It was, it, was, <laughs> it was so super easy once I realized what I was trying to do. <laughs> Like you don't like that process for me was really hard because I didn't understand the the sequence in which you do things, and I didn't understand that there were some things that were just constant. Like this was information that you would provide exactly the same to every single grant that you wrote. Like it makes sense when you're filling out a form, certain things are required that you should have, and so putting them in a place that I could just cut and paste them. And like I do remember, you know you showing me that. Man, it, I, everything else is a blur. <laughs> that's
0: a, so much a better answer than what I was hoping for. Okay, and then, well, you know, when the when I said, hey, okay, and then you got to put the form 990 in. I remember looking over your shoulder going, okay, put this there, do that here. Form 990, how easy was that? That was... Uh,
1: it's so funny because like right now, what you're saying makes 100% sense. Like I, I can make complete sense out of it but I know all of those moving pieces. But I will tell you when I knew nothing about grants, I had nothing, nothing I had not like tried to learn. It was like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to learn to try to help you stay efficient with your processes. What you just said was like Greek to me. Like it just, it made no sense why they would want all, I mean, I know that sounds so ignorant, but, well, I didn't know even the basics, and so I hope that people are watch or listening to this or purchasing this course that know nothing, and they're learning this from the get go, and it's like they've never like they're a me that has stepped into a situation that allows grant writing.
0: Well, I, I mean that's the so so grant writing is this way that you can make a request as a nonprofit to usually through charitable foundations, charitable organizations. A lot of businesses have a charitable arm. In the previous episode, we talked about how to identify who these grant makers are. They all want the exact same things from you. Now, some of those things are objective and some of them are subjective. Those are just my categories. They don't categorize it like this. Mm -hmm. But I've broken it down because I try to create this system for writing a grant. In fact, I, I have created a system that's efficient that works Uh, we've received grants from some big organizations some small organizations some banks some foundations so it works and I think one of the best things you could do is create a filing system where you go ahead and identify what are some of the objective things meaning they're the same they're concrete that every single grant making organization that you ever go to is going to want 501c3 form 990 your organization's budget your list of board of directors there's eight things in fact that we've identified that they all want does 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 that make sense and you just kind of start creating this system this workflow
1: yeah i think i think the important part that i think you said but may not be clear is to file those digitally, like in a, not have them filed somewhere, and you have to go hunt them down every time you need them. But like in a place that it's like boom, 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 like notes or you know the cloud, somewhere that you can access super easy, immediately, all together in the sequence that you so intentional. That's all I've got to say about that. That's all I can,
0: well, here's what I, here's what I do want to say before we roll into it because in, in this episode, we're going to roll you into some training about the objective things that you must have for every single grant that you're going to file. What I want to say is if you're new to the world of grant making or if you are a nonprofit executive or you are a nonprofit board of directors or you are a high level donor or a high level volunteer at a nonprofit and you think that your organization has a powerful mission, most people that are leading, serving, volunteering, organizing, administrating, donating, they got into that nonprofit for the sake of the mission yet what you realize pretty quickly is you need gas in the tank to keep that thing going you need money and you don't want to create a situation where you spend all your time chasing the money you want to focus on the mission and the great work that you're already doing so what we're saying is if you can create a grant making machine if you can create a process whereby the top leaders in the organization can focus less than 10 percent of their time on that grant making by creating a process it is going to help you amplify your results so let me roll into the training and explain there Hey friends, this is Andy taking a break from the podcast. From the main content, I wanted to come on and tell you Uh, To take a look down in the show notes down there below, all those links and that information at the bottom of the explanation of this episode, you're going to find a link where you can download my grant template absolutely free. It's a PDF. It's a worksheet. You can download it, print it, pass it out to your team, pass that out to people that are grant makers, give it to your board of directors if you're running a nonprofit, and really start pulling together the core essential information that grant makers want to know from you. I tell you this, most grant makers ask for the absolute same exact stuff. And so if you have, as we say, an objective list of the things that they are all going to ask that are absolutely the same for every request, regardless of what that request is for, if you have that filed somewhere, and if you have it where you can easily get to it, you will save yourself so much time in the grant writing process, and you will honestly uh, bypass a lot of just the mental angst of sitting down in the chair to finally focus on this. Uh, Secondarily, there is another template, uh, part of the template that's there about the subjective elements that are in every grant making request. Now, these really have to dial in with that specific ask, the unique project, uh, which you're requesting funding for. And so if you'll go through those questions and really start dialing that in, you could build a filing system on your computer in your notes or a word document, a pages document, a Google doc, and literally cut and paste into multiple requests. We tell you all about how to do that in our grant making course called Grant Making Machine, Uh, but that template, that workbook, that PDF, uh, less than 10 pages long, absolutely free, and it will help you focus and dial it in. Uh, I say this a lot of times to uh, other leaders and nonprofits, other people who write grants. You know, you really got into this to focus on the mission of what you're doing. You did not get into this to chase the money, yet you know, like I do, that you can only take the mission as far as you have money to fund it. You think about it in a car analogy, you must have gas in the tank, this template, And even that course that it references will empower you to do that with far less stress while reaching greater levels of success on the fundraising side, so that you can really ultimately focus on the reason you got into this in the first place. That is the mission. Take advantage, that information is all down below. In module two, we wanna answer this question or questions What do you need in order to qualify for a grant? Now, there are both subjective and objective items on that list. So here, let me highlight that. There are some objective things that you must have. These are going to be asked by the same for every single grant from every single grant maker for every single grant fee. They are objective They do not change. You absolutely must have them or you can't apply for the grant. And then there are some subjective items. So we're gonna pull this both together. Here's a good way to think about it. Grant making is part art, part part science. So part of this is absolutely subjective. That's paint easel right there. Uh, If you can't tell, there are other things that are objective, kind of like, you know, measuring out this, I get this a little, scientific erlenmeyer flask i think is what that's called let me tackle the objective side first and again remember there are objective items and subjective items that you need in order to qualify for a grant so the objective side first of all you must have a 501 c3 verification Now the 501c3 verification is the form that you get from the IRS that actually says you got to apply for this, that says you are a charitable foundation, or you are a charitable organization, or you are a charitable ministry. You are a charitable entity and people can receive a tax write-off if they give money to you. Now note this, it's super important. You will not be able to apply for a grant without this 501c3 designation. Or, or, or more technically, you can apply, but it won't meet the criteria of the grant maker. They will say in their criteria, they will say you must provide this document. It's it's literally, it's one page that the IRS gives you, and it has a tax ID number on it. You apply for it. Once you have it, the good news is you only got to do it once. It's good for as long as your organization is open. And as long as you don't do anything crazy, it will last endure for the life of your nonprofit. Now, here's why it's important. Because that grantmaker has to, at the end of the year, they have to file a tax return. Even if they don't pay taxes, they have to file a tax return. Your nonprofit, even though you don't pay taxes, you have to file a tax return. It basically just says, Here's where the money came from. The tax return basically says here's where the money came from. And here's where the money went. Now you've got to do that. And all of those charitable foundations that give money, they have to do that as well. And they've got proof to the IRS that they actually gave money to a legit charity and didn't give it to, you know, uncle Bob or aunt Sally, or some random person they've got to account for that. And so they got to make sure that you also are in good standing with the IRS. Now, how do you receive that 501c3 is you go to irs.gov and just do a search and they will tell you step by step here's the forms here's what you got to have uh the forms are going to include and and i know this is basic overview for many of the people who listen to this but the forms are basically going to say okay what's the name of your organization what is the mission of your organization What is the budget of your organization? What are some of the things you do? And who is the board of directors? All of that is there. Now, uh, it takes about nine months to receive this from the time that you apply. I've seen people get it as soon as five months. I've seen people do it and it take a little bit longer than that. You know, it takes about nine months though, on average to receive this form from the time that you apply. So if you don't yet have it, And you are a person, you've come and got this training because you're saying, hey, I want to start a nonprofit. I want to start something, but I'm not sure, you know, how to fund it and all of that. And so you've got this here. Here's what I'd say. Because there are a lot of people who are doing great work and they're just kind of funding it themselves. Or they started doing something, you know, as a side hustle out, out of their church and the church was helping them and then it grew. Or they're just out of the goodness of their heart, you know, they're going down and doing good work that they're just paying for themselves. And then it starts growing, and you're thinking, man, I need I need to kind of you know legally legitimize this stuff. What you're doing may already be legitimate, but you want to legitimize it legally so you can open bank accounts and get it funded and take up charities and donations and all of that. So here's what I would say: if you don't have this form yet, this designation, begin the paperwork now. Even while, and this is important, even while you were doing the work of serving others and achieving your mission. Uh, So go ahead now and function as if, and they allow you to do that, as if you are already a charity. You can act as one, even though you don't have the official designation, you just can't apply for a grant until you do have... The official designation, but but I tell you this, it's going to be a lot easier to get funded by a grant maker if they see that, hey, I've been doing this work for the last, you know, six, nine months. And just now I've got my designation. And so now I'm applying for a grant. When we started a nonprofit back, it's been over a decade ago now. We really began, uh, began laying the groundwork and running out all the plans in December of one year, hit the ground running and opened in January of the, the next year. So just a few weeks later, now in that January, um, by that time I had my budget, I had board of directors, had everything together. And I need to apply for the five hundred one c three. So early January, I sent off the paperwork to the IRS, and I started communicating with grantmakers right then that I knew. I'll tell you about that strategy in a different module. I started communicating with them letting them know hey we're open we're doing this i've applied for my 501c3 so i know that i can't apply for a grant yet but we started doing the work as if we raised some money some of what we funded for ourselves we had some churches that gave us some money to do what we were doing we were helping people come off drugs off the streets out of prison out of human trafficking and so we're, we're doing all that as if we are a charity and when we finally got that designation in august of that year i believe it was so it took about eight months um, we finally got that i was ready to apply for a grant in september and we received a big grant in september now if i would waited that entire season and so well, i'm not going to do anything until i've got my 501c3 i guarantee you i would not have gotten funded in september uh It would have taken me probably until, you know, six, eight, nine months later. Um, So it's really kind of a, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? My advice to you is if you don't have it, apply now, continue doing the work, do do it. Don't overextend financially. I've done that before. It's horrible. It's a lot of stress. Do it at the pace that you can sustain and do it. And then you can always grow it later on when you get funded. And grant makers, I I guarantee you, they understand that most of the people that are working at these foundations, at these organizations that are giving away money, they're business people. And they appreciate you staying in your lane on your mission and staying in your monetary constraints and doing things extremely well at the capacity that you can, and then growing that as you're able. Most of those people started from scratch as well. And so they understand exactly what that is like. Uh, here's the second objective thing that you need is you need a form 990 to apply for a grant. That's going to be from at least the previous year. Now, the first year when I applied for the grant, I did not have that. And so I was coasting through on relationship that I already had, but the form 990 is the tax return that you as a charity fill out every single year. You turn that into the IRS. Now you don't have to pay taxes, but that is the accounting of where the money went. and that is going to show uh the legitimacy of your 501c3 it's the it's the paperwork it's hey we took in this many donations hey we spent the money on this and you don't have to be ultra specific about here's where every single little penny went and show them every single you have to account for all of it but you can use broad categories from your budget of where everything Now, this Form 990, it's the tax return that nonprofits send to the IRS every single year. And here's a pro tip about that is you need to consider having a CPA complete your Form 990. It'll cost you a little bit of money, but many grant makers will ask if you have audited financials. If you don't have audited financials, that's okay. Uh, I never had audited financials. At some point, we did get what's called a review. So there's different degrees of what accountants can do for you. Accountants can do uh, a compilation where they put everything together. They can do what's called a review, which is a higher degree of certainty than a compilation A review says, oh, we put it together and we've gone through all of this. So we did have a review and audit is the next step up above. Review so many grant makers will say, hey, do you have audited financials? It gives them a greater degree of certainty in the validity of your organization. Uh, And at some point, you're going to say, hey, if you get a million dollars in funding each year or more, $500,000 or more, you're going to want to do an audit to keep up with everything. Um, But in the early days, if you can get a CPA to fill out that Form 990 for you, to take your books, to look through them, to take your budget that you've put, to take what you've got off QuickBooks and look at all of that uh, and do that Form 990, that's really gonna help you when you go to submit for these grants because it's gonna show, hey, we've we've had somebody outside of our organization, we've been managing this ourselves, but we've had somebody else take a look at this. Uh, That's gonna help bridge that gap. Uh, So every grant maker is gonna say, attach the most recent form 990 or give us an explanation as to why you don't have one the only in my mind acceptable reason why you don't have one is we are less than a year old and most of the time if you're less than a year old and don't have it you're not going to get the grant Um, that's the bad news good news is still go ahead and apply because remember what i told you earlier is you get to tell somebody who said their mission is to give away money you get to tell them about your organization uh, so go ahead and take a shot at it. Uh, in, in my experience most of the time people reject you the first time anyway um because they've already kind of made up their mind from the previous round of submissions who they want to find this time and so they reject you that's okay uh submit again so go ahead. First year, out of the gate, as soon as you get that 501c3 and submit, and then as soon as you can, year-end, Form 990, even for that partial first calendar year. Uh, Number three is you're going to need financials for the previous two years if you've got them. Now, if you're new, you need to go all the way back to the beginning as far as you can if you don't have two years and just give them what you got. Uh, Sometimes grantmakers will even say, hey, give us the previous two years and uh, the partial year that we're in now up to the most recent quarter that you have. Uh, So that's objective data that you've got to provide for them. Uh, If you don't provide it, probably not going to get funded. They want to see kind of what you're doing. It's usually a one page summary. It's not pages and pages and pages and pages of stuff. Uh, Early on, I thought, man, the more information I send, the better. That's not always the case they want to see the summary. And if they want more information, they'll ask for it. And sometimes they do. And then you can just send that then. Number four is you're going to need an annual budget. That again, will be a one-page summary. Not every single little detail, but a one-page summary. Number five, you need your official organization name. Uh, so let me give you an example. Uh, organization where I'm on staff, Crosswinds, that's what we call it. Uh, that, I mean, that's That's kind of on our logo, a big word, but the technical name is Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. So they're, they're going to want to know that technical name. Uh, you, you might be going by kind of shorthand, a name publicly that everybody knows you by, um, but they're going to want to know your official organization name, number six, they're going to want to know the mission of that organization, uh, about 200 words. So you don't fill out everything. You you just got to be really precise. Here's what we do. You can't tell them everything. You can tell them, just kind of nail it down succinctly. Uh, I would say, by the way, we have some more training on this website about what needs to be on your website. And how do you clarify your mission of what you do, whether you're a business, whether you're a nonprofit, whether you're a charity? How do you clarify it in such a way that people see it and they know? They've got a certain next set. Oh, that's really not for me. Or, oh man, that's exactly what I'm looking for. That's exactly who I wanna help. So if you need help on that, uh, there are courses that we have on here that will help you nail down what needs to be on your website. That will help you nail down the mission of your organization. Uh, number seven, they're gonna to wanna to know a short history of the organization. And right there, I put it's about 500 words. So it's not everything, it's, you know, What's the need that you saw, why why you started this? Uh, What's the potential that you're going to lead people to? So what's the end product? What's the end goal? What's the path that you take to get people there? And how have you done that over time? You just hit the high points. That means you cannot, in that, tell them everything about the founder. That means you cannot tell them every degree or accolade or award you've got. That means you cannot tell them the name of everybody on your board of directors or every relationship that you have. They don't want to know about that. They'll find about that in some other documentation that you provide, which leads me to number eight. They're going to want a list of your board of directors. And so when you start looking at this objective list, it really helps you start nailing down. Okay, let me make a list of all of these things. If I just take a screenshot right there and let me start building that file, building that folder. I have a PDF for you that is all about grant making. It is the template I use Uh, ever so often seems like every few months I'll get the question, how do you know how to write grants? And where do you find the grant makers? And how do you you figure all this out? And I always tell people the same exact reasoning behind it. I have been doing this for an extremely long time. I've been in the nonprofit world for over two decades. And at some point, I didn't know anything about writing grants and had to step into the process Uh, on my own from scratch and just figure it out. And uh, as you might imagine, uh, if you start wading down that trail, you've probably already figured this out. There are so many variables, so many unknowns. Now, the thing that I did have going for me was I wrote everything down and I tended to file it and categorize it and create a system out of it. They often say that experience is a good teacher, and it is. I learned a lot through that process. The problem with gaining the experience is it eats up your most valuable resource, your time. And if you're focused on the mission of a nonprofit, you need to spend the majority of your time, I would say 90% at least of your time on that mission and not chasing the money. Yet the catch is you need the money. so back to the thing experience is a good teacher for sure Um, that's how I learned it but evaluated experience and learning from someone else's experience if it's all broken down for you can be a great teacher because you learn all the stuff you avoid the mistakes you accelerate the learning curve and you get the absolute same results uh, plus some because now you get to uh, skip all the potholes and stay out of the ditches. And so the Grant Making Machine is a course where we put all of this together. It's down below. I would encourage you to take a look at that. The link is there. And if you're so inclined, jump straight into that course and right now you can create a Grant Making Machine at your nonprofit. Now, if you think, well, I might wanna kinda tiptoe into it and see what it's about. There is a low level item that I have for you, but it has massive output and can create exponential fruit for you. That is the grant making template. You can download that absolutely free. And it is gonna take you step by step through the objective things you need for every grant and the subjective elements that you need for your specific project. Uh, If you've been listening to this series, you realize that all grant makers Ask for the absolute same things so in that template you're gonna learn to get the messaging right you're gonna learn how to file it and you're gonna learn how to grab it and keep reusing the same stuff in each grant that you write saving you time while raising money so that you can focus on the mission all those resources are in the links down below